Hi, I'm Jessie Draper. I am first and foremost a mom, a boy mom to be exact, a boy mom who invests in female-founded companies. Yep, the joke's on me. I'm the founder of Halogen Ventures, a former entrepreneur and creator of an Emmy-nominated television series on technology. My mission is to support women and help raise awareness about the biggest issues facing society, women, and families today, starting with solving childcare. From celebrity guests to founders and politicians, everyone came from a family somewhere. And I want to hear from you, the families of America, on how we can make change because I can't do this alone. Let's get started. We have monumental work to do. Mommy, mommy, mommy. Monica Plath is the founder and CEO of Little Bird, a wearable device for kids. Plagued with mom guilt and parent anxiety, Monica leveraged her education from the University of Washington and executive programs at Stanford and MIT to found Little Bird and create a true connected care ecosystem that would enhance parent, child, and caregiver relationships. She also taught me that a lot of serial killers come out of Seattle, Washington, where she's based. Well, Monica, I am so excited to have you here. I want to talk all things safety today. But uh, first, let's start with kind of a mom win of the week. So we like to start with a mom win of the week. And I would give you an example. This week, actually, you know, I've been really frustrated. My kids, they won't eat, you know, they won't try new things. I have a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old. And they just are not, they won't try new foods. And so you get stuck in those, like, mac and cheese moments and chicken nuggets <laughs> moments and I'm like trying to trick them into putting veggies in their smoothies and I, I mean I really try everything so I made this game called the snack game and I got them all pumped about it all last week and then we did it over the weekend and it was actually really great where I got out 10 cups and I put just like I didn't tell them what the foods were and I put them in all of the cups and I said if you try all 10 cups you, even if you just like lick it, if you don't like it, that's okay. <laughs> but like if you try all 10 cups, you get a prize. Our prizes are always Pokemon card packs. So just okay. sharing that because okay. I have all boys. Good prize. And, you know, we have to bribe at this age. It's very important. And it was something I recommend doing for everyone because it really taught them just to try. So that was a huge mom win of the week. I got them to try some new, you know, everything from like olives to like different kinds of protein bars that are for kids and like... Uh, I was just really proud that I, I did that. We tried new foods, so it was a big deal. I think that's incredible. And that's also really, you know, innovative of you like, okay, like how do we incorporate this? How am I going to get my kids to do it? And it's also fun. So good on you for <laughs> so that was figuring that win. one out. Thanks, Monica. So what was your mom win of the week? <laughs> my mom win of the week. Um, maybe it's more of a survivalist tip. Um, my kids had double ear infections last week, so that was brutal. Um, single mom, so not a lot of sleep happened and I was able to convince my parents, uh, their grandparents to uh, take them overnight so I could get a full night of sleep so I could be the best mom version of myself the next day and come back fully recharged. And I think everybody was better for it. And we had a really good um, actual mac and cheese night. I know it's, I'm a, I pride myself on my cooking skills, but I was like, you know what? Let's just be comfort food. We're all together again, reset. So that's, that's my good. Survival is definitely a mom win of the week. You survived. You survived a very tough week. So good job. And you just have to do what you have to do those weeks. You know, you just have you to know, figure it out. 
I was laughing because my friend had a newborn and she was like, oh my God, sleep deprivation. And you really forget about it once your toddlers are sleeping through the night and you'd be kind of slapped back into that as a huge reality check. And I'm like, okay, like (laughs) at least I have a light at the end of the tunnel. Some of my friends are still just doing the full night waking. So we're, we're good. We're on cruise control again. So hello. (laughs) Well, I'd love to just jump in with parent news of the day because, you know, our uh, monumental podcast is about childcare and really the goal is to get this great landscape of the United States childcare system and just kind of what's going on. So, you know, we're really lacking educators. This is a major problem and flaw in our system right now. You know, they're dropping out left and right due to COVID and just pay and just, it's a problem. We're lacking educators and we really need to figure out how to engage more and train more. So according to Rory Devine for NBC7 San Diego, San Diego child care workers are being offered free tuition at community colleges under a new program. They get free books and laptops too. The program's goal is to get more people into a notoriously understaffed and underpaid workforce and to improve the quality of early childhood education. And I just thought that was so great. Like I just thought That's so smart. You know, how are we going to educate if our educators are not educated? And I just love that that is being done at some of these community colleges. And then there was a woman who said, I've been a licensed child care provider for the past 10 years and saw this great as a great opportunity, said Maria Miranda, who signed up for the program at Grossmont College. And she needs a license for her home daycare. But by getting college credit or permits and even an associate degree, she can have other opportunities in this field, which we really have to build up especially over the next couple of years so you know what do you think about this do you have any other ideas how we can better engage educators and pay them what they deserve across the country specific to Washington or wherever you know that just taps into the general thesis or conversation of uh, the childcare crisis as a whole that we're in right um totally exasperated by the pandemic and not only are child care providers burnt out and leaving the system moms are burnt out and so is it just a childcare conversation or is it just a failing fundamentally of you know motherhood and childcare in general um i think about that all the time from my own personal experience trying to get my kids into childcare and the wait list and like what can we do to better support them i you know i try to bring like a gift card here's a coffee like reward yourself you know like and but goes back to moms too what are we doing for self-care um do i have a overall solution um for that and how we can better support them um obviously through like government grants and funding and programs um that's you know a segue into little bird myself and like how you can support parents support caregivers increase transparency and how do we support this modern village because i think we are in a really big shift right there was a village that supported all of us and then there became this modern digital but then we're finding that this digital village is not enough so getting into our communities where people are leaving what's that next you know objective how do we solve for that and i'm excited that you're discussing that on your podcast and in your opt-eds like that is such a huge conversation that's affecting all of us at such a grassroots like grimy level you know as moms Yeah, you know, you brought up something so interesting, and thank you, but you brought up something so interesting, like the digital village. You know, it's like our whole world due to COVID has really separated and become so virtual. And, you know, I'm a venture capitalist. I'm no stranger to the Zoom call. I wasn't before COVID, but it really has become just a way of life. I'll be on it for on Zoom for like 12 hours a day, it feels like, (laughs) Um, and some days definitely 12 hours a day. 
But yeah, the digital village, it doesn't work for our kids. Like we need an actual in-person village. You can't do that. We have to engage with our kids and play with them. And, um, you know, you can't just, uh, like the screens aren't babysitting them all the time. We have to teach them things also. And yeah, that's a really good point. Well, you, there's two firsts to today. This is like a fairly new podcast and we have two firsts with you that I'm really excited about. One, you're our first Washington mom. And so, (laughs) yes. So um, my husband's from Seattle also. And um, so I'd love a little on the lay of the land in Washington, just childcare wise. And then you're, you're our first single mom. So I want to hear all about that because that is, I mean, first of all, amazing. You're a, you're superhuman um, as many moms, most moms are, but you are extra superhuman. And so I want to hear how you make it work because we have a lot of single moms who listen and want to hear from you. So tell me a little first about kind of the landscape of childcare in Washington. Like what's your childcare look like? What do people do in Washington? Well, um, unfortunately, the landscape is not much different from some of the previous answers on your podcast about, I remember the day that I found out I was pregnant with my first child, I made my OB appointment at nine weeks and put my child on the uh, daycare wait list. And you have, wait, and you have two kids, right? I have two now. So that was with my first, um, almost four, or I guess four years ago. And I was like, wow, that's like what it takes. There was a two year wait list for the childcare and the community that we were previously in. And I moved to Seattle and there's not much, we were um, about two hours outside and now we're downtown. Um, The conversation isn't any different. There is still a childcare shortage and, you know, having two kids um, or even three, right? Like there's different schedules, the drop-offs, the days, and it's like the logistics and it's like the emotional and physical burden of that usually falls onto the mother um, and the nannies. Um, so I'm, I wish that there, I could have a more optimistic view on what the childcare um, landscape is in Seattle, but it is challenging. Um, and are your kids at um, private school, public school? What is that? What does that look like for you? Um, I traditionally lied, uh, relied on... Um, au pairs and nannies and that was just all that I could get um and it honestly like for my budget when I first started out was twice a week for five hours a day to get that break and find myself when I was getting back into it I can launch into the how I you know found childcareoffcare.com and what led me to um found little bird um, but now I have them into a daycare program here in Seattle. And that was because I knew someone that worked there and she was like, I got you, you know, mom village coming together. Like there's a 14 person wait list. We're going to bump you to the top because you've had it hard enough right now. And like, sometimes you just need people to catch you. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. I mean, so you've done au pairs too, which actually is a very affordable option that I think not enough, um, especially in the United States, not enough people know about it. We did it for a short period of time and it's, it's like $9,000 a year, I think. And, and then you pay for food and accommodations, but that's so Mm -hmm. much more affordable as a nanny. And you get these incredible, usually women from all over the world who are very well educated. You know, we had someone from Germany and it's, it's a, it's a really great option, I think. But so did you do that for a little while? I am new to the au pair oh. world. Um, yeah, so a we new recently... au pair, a new au pair mom. A lot of a new au pair today. mom. Yes, I am. I am. Um, we're figuring out our logistics. My um, previous nanny kind of caregivers were basically sister wives that helped me through, um, and I moved away from them, and so that broke my heart. But 
um, excited about having someone live in with me and kind of fill that care gap. Um, and also just the workload, right? Like I wanna be present all the time, but I wanna be present um, in the best way possible for my kids. So it's kind of nice to share some of the child tasks and that's just what's working for us right now. That's great, yeah. That's And it's so nice to have someone in your house too. It gives you just like a little more flexibility and they have to do a certain amount of hours per day. And then they also take classes, right? Like they have to take classes because this is a work study program for them. Work study program, yeah. And um, ours is also from Germany. Um, she's lovely and just watching her get a lay of the land and you know connect with my children and my family has been really great we moved closer to my family for the support and i just i wanted to bring that kind of nucleus i think that's been my thesis we were so spread out and so isolated in our uh, previous community that now i'm like okay like what does that village mean to me like how can i support myself how can i support my children and just kind of working towards that and baby steps and getting to where we are today so then, okay, how does this uh, childcare situation that you've set up for your family, which sounds like it's working, hopefully, it's, it's never working perfectly, it's always evolving, that's <laughs> what I say to myself, but how does that differ from how you grew up? How did you grow up? What did childcare look like in your home? And was there anything you planned to do differently? Yeah, I had a stay-at-home mom, and that was always, I think, her goal, and my, my family had a very... Um, like traditional outlook on how that should operate. And I don't know that that was like my mom's like perfect happiness, but it was like what my parents could afford and what worked for them. And I think with anything, I mean, like childcare options are like your coffee, whatever your preference and whatever you like, like works, do that. Um, I'm not trying to say like one works best for another, but that was what worked well for my parents. I think for me, like as a single mom, I had to encounter totally different um you know paradigm and for that like having my mom watch me go through that i think she maybe questioned some of my choices but i know what's best for me and what's best for my children um but i know that i want to be less maybe like frazzled for her like she was not like a logistics person i'm clearly type a um i have my own company i have all sorts of hobbies i like write books and make wine and all the things and so just being able to consolidate like what works for me and my kids and like putting them first. Um, yeah, I'm just, yeah, whatever works for you. Yeah. Oh, you definitely. A, a nanny yourself, I believe from one of your podcasts. Yes, I have a nanny and I have a, I have this college girl rotation that okay. has changed my life. And actually the producer of my show, Jesse Guthrie is my former nanny and oh. she is Perfect. someone I found uh, at a college around here. And I find this great group of girls and I've now like employed some of her friends. I've hired a lot from this college and I get kind of a babysitter for the afternoons because I have three kids and when they're home in the afternoons, it is just, it's just chaos. And it turned out yes. one couldn't handle three boys. So we need yes. a little extra help. Yeah. So that's what works for me for now. We've tried so many different things. We tried no pair and now my husband works with me. So actually he's like coaching okay. AYSO and he's been like, he is an incredible dad, but he's really been so hands-on more lately, which is great. So, okay. So that's really, that's interesting because it always changes a little, I think. And I had a traditional stay-at-home mom as well. She worked harder than anyone I know raised four yeah. children, you know, here I am, two working parents. Um, and it is, I mean, it's crazy. It's real. Yeah. I mean, and the working, the stay at home moms work hard, Oh, yeah. you know, and I think we all, I mean, whatever you need for your break and like the stay at home moms from that generation, they did so much and did so much for us. But I think 
going into the workforce, you see that you need to do something else, right? And that's what makes us as effective as we are. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. Wait, let's talk safety because moms love nothing more than safety. And actually (laughs) the way I think about this is I am so obsessed with serial killer documentaries and it turns out every mom in America is. It turns out this is just like a mom thing. Like we want to understand how they tick. We want to understand their crazy minds. We want to like be as scared as is humanly possible in hopes that like none of these crazy things happen to us. So I'm going to start with that. Not that your company has anything to do with serial killer documentaries, but I just, (laughs) I just like finished the new, you know, serial came out with a documentary and it was really great. I watched it. And then like Dahmer has all these, I don't know. Anyway, I, I digress. So let's talk about safety. So what what encouraged you to start this? Tell people what it is. What is Little Bird? On a sidebar and just let you know how many serial killers come out of Seattle, but that's so many. Uh, <laughs> so the many. Green Mile Killer? No, you, literally, like, I am, like, and then also I live. Bundy? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Dead Bundys. You're right. Hotbed. You guys breed serial killers. Oh, my yeah. God. I need to think Here about we... that next time I'm up there. I'm going to go on a tour. That's Watch your back. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, good. So how... Um, how do we avoid serial killers for our children? I think we get all of them little bird. So yes, (laughs) what, why did you start this? How did you start this? And like, this is a huge undertaking. You are an incredible working single mom trying to protect all the children in the world. So I love this. (laughs) So tell me about it. Yeah. I mean, the, the fear mongering statistic that we could lead with is that, you know, one child is abducted every 40 seconds, but I really try to stay away from that. Um, Oh my and God, my really, heart this just isn't. Stopped. I did not know that. I am. Oh God. Yeah, don't look into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I think, but that's part of like how we are shaping this brand. I don't want it to be a fear mongering, you know, alert system. Um, I really wanted to have decision support and just give parents information, um, just create this connected ecosystem that empowers them to have more peace of mind about their loved ones and their well being versus like, watch out, you know. Um, there's definitely like a real element to that, but I think that there's so many other ways to have a daycare checklist on your phone, but, um, so it's a a wristband, right? So it's a wristband for your kid. And then like, who's the, the child demographic, like what kids, uh, is this for what age? This is, this is for toddlers. Um, one to six is, you know, what we're, um, approved for, but we, I think our, our suite's probably like two to four. Um, and that's, this is really just all out of necessity. Um, I launched the business in the pandemic and it was scary and exhilarating, but I was committed to making it a reality. And I wanted to know where my child was and who they're with and how they're doing just based off um, my own kind of scary childcare experience. I was like, oh, I'll just go buy something off Amazon. You know, this, this solution has to exist because everything that is connected, you know, already exists. Da, 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 da. Like I have outlet, I have ring, I know where my dog is on a wagon rover walk. Like, I should know where my kid is if they go on a walk with my babysitter or if she takes him somewhere. Not true. Um, so what we d- created is a w- toddler wearable and it um, doesn't have a screen. I just wanted it to be like seamless, Apple aesthetic, but the wearable connects to the parents app and also the caregivers application. And the parent invites the caregiver to the platform. So you have access, you know, there's so much information, like as a working mom, you, um, you want to feel present while apart. Um, the statistics show that parents spend 55 to 120 
minutes a day with their children and the higher end of that is based on the higher income brackets the lower income has closer to 55 minutes per day and you're putting them to child care and other things so i'm like parents want connection with their children this isn't um you know a helicopter parent thing this is i want to be informed i want to feel more connected to my child i want to know where they're going and like all of the information versus just that quick little like oh how they do today oh great great okay see you later you know so you found someone you alluded to this and it sort of like gave me serial killer creeps because we've been talking about that for the last five minutes um but you alluded to that you found someone online who to take care of your kids did something happen well, thankfully, no. Um, however, I did get an alert on my ring camera that she was leaving my house and pulling out of my driveway and my son was no longer in his crib um, and she wasn't answering her phone. Um, I raced back home and she had relocated her car down the street to do who knows what. And um, she didn't have a good excuse and we ended up letting her go. But I was like, oh, this is this is an icky feeling. You know, like I didn't have the support in the community that we were in. I didn't have family there to watch my kids. I had tried to network to find childcare. My, my kids on the wait list, I was doing all of the things. I was so tired as a new mom. Um, and I, the people that I interviewed said, oh, she's an angel on earth. She's fantastic, you know, five stars. And I was like, how do I now quantify the care yeah. that is being given to my child? Because I thought I was doing everything right. and. I felt like for a moment I failed him and I failed myself as a parent. Oh my gosh, you didn't fail him. You did, you were doing the best you can. And also, like I was saying before, this isn't, you know, childcare is an evolution. I can't even tell you how many it's been. I've had like this like open door <laughs> childcare rotation or like revolving door childcare rotation during COVID. We had a an au pair for six months. Then we had um, sort of a, a kooky nanny that got all the good references like you're talking about and <laughs> yeah. was always yelling at my children but I feel like it's never going to be perfect because and it's never going to be you and so like the two questions you should always ask yourself is like do I feel safe leaving my kid with this person and right. then you just kind of also say um am I like is this good enough because it's never going to be you it's never going to be perfect and you do have to just accept that and teach them what you can I have like a little like nanny onboarding document that I'm happy to share with you after this that because Please I've do. had such a rotation it sounds like you have a new one but it's great to like force yourself to go through every task like when it's written down and then tell them how you like it from the beginning because then it's just like a good exercise too and it also like saves you some time especially being a hard-working mom so how how's it going and where do we get one <laughs> it's going good i mean it's a it's a startup journey having the conversations building the conversation um, we're in beta, so we're still building our customer list, but we're getting lots of traffic from people organically searching for toddler trackers. Um, it reaffirms that we're on the right track. We're solving a real problem for parents right now. Uh, I have people DMing me for other countries being like, when is this going to be available? Like, take my money. And I'm like, soon. Um, and I want, you know, like, you're like, oh, just, I wish I'll just ship you one. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's startup life. Um, there's highs, there's lows. I'm just so mission driven that I know this can revolutionize the care industry. That there's definitely a gap in the conversation, being able to facilitate that conversation in a more meaningful way and help provide our children with the best possible care. Like that, those are my objectives. I mean, um, I think this is a really great, what, and what does it retail? What's the price? It's $2.99. It's $2.99. Um, so $2.99. It's 
it's a good investment for safety for your children. Yes, and it's available at uh, littlebird.care is our website. And uh, we're, you know, following the price points for similar products in the market, but that $299 is inclusive of one year of cellular connectivity. So we have GPS, we have Bluetooth, um, and we're connected. So you get to know where your child is. Um, you could just anytime pull it up anywhere that you are in the world. So, you know, USO parents that are abroad can look and see like, oh, where my child is, who they're with, um, how they're doing. So you have their biometrics, the sleep, heart rate, activity. We can input meals, um, like the check-ins. One of our patents is on um, the caregiver. So you have the seamless handoff with, you know, daycare or parents. So you always know who is with them. And so I was um, looking and at was, the, pic- the pictures of the yeah. app and it it, it is, um, you do have some scheduling in there too, right? Like it's sort of scheduling. You can see you were saying you yeah. can see where they are. Can you schedule so that you can see when the trade-offs are within the app? It does happen automatically just based on the proximity. So if you know, you're know you currently, quote, tethered is what we're calling it to the device and you leave and your nanny comes and is now responsible for the child, like that shows up on the timeline. Uh-huh. So, and then it shows an arrow. And if for some reason your child goes out of range, like out of sight, so like a thousand feet away, it gets they get notified like, hey, and you have you know a certain period of time to close that gap, and so we have that alert. So maybe some people use this for Disneyland, or other people are like, hey, if they're gonna take the kid out of the house, just put this on there. Um, and we go into the whole. There's just so much information we don't know because there aren't wearables for this demographic. So what is the baseline heart rate for toddlers in a normal setting? What is their normal sleep schedule like? What what are all of these things like? What are early biomarkers for autism or um, so any of these things? And yeah, and I'm like, I just like I think there's such a moonshot goal, and I'm like, okay, this is like attachment theory. This is the one to five. These are like, what is that information that like when that caregiver comes over? How does your child respond? I I want to know. Like, I want to validate how he might have two little boys. Um, how they're feeling with that person? Are they screaming all day? Is this like the wicked witch of the West? And like he is just having a moment, or at daycare at 11 a.m., like something's happening at lunchtime. That is whatever. And not that I'm helicoptering, but I'm like, okay, like, do I have to wait till he's five and he's in a full-time program that we can like reverse diagnose something? Like, I just I want to be proactive. I want to support him. It's just you know me and like the big picture. Um, and. I want to know that I'm doing a good job and all that I can. I want to support these little guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so important. You know, I think of this story. I wish she was here to share it. But my sister-in-law, the first time my niece went on a field trip, she was freaking out. And she was like, I don't know what to do. She's going on a field trip. She's going to be on a bus. Like, this is the first time. You know, she's probably five. And she she remembered that my dad or someone had given us all tiles, you know, tile. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Christmas. <laughs> and so she like dug it out of the bottom of her closet and like sewed it into her daughter's dress. Like I was thinking about that and I'm like, that's that's the problem you're solving. The, the issue with the tile is I don't know if anyone's lost their keys on the tile or whatever or looked it up, but like you're never going to find the keys. Like you're never going to find them because their <laughs> tile's going to come after me now and be like, we would like to talk about how we actually have solved that problem. But you look on the map and it's just like such a large area. Um, you, you know, it's just a, we need something much more specific for our children. And I love hearing about the biomarkers and making sure like, you know, it's like if your childcare provider says, 
oh, we went on a walk, you can actually see that. It's like a little, a kid Fitbit. This is fantastic, I love it. So, well, thank you for building this amazing company and I'm excited to try it for my children and it'll just make me feel a little safer. Okay, so you're a single working mom of boys, which is like a whole thing because it's a whole thing. <laughs> chaos. It's chaos, like why do they have to break everything? I don't know, my whole house is just, I've just accepted, like it's never gonna be white, it's all gonna be broken, it's like, you know, it's just uh, it's just pure chaos all the time. Someone's always injuring someone else. So yes. what's your number one mom hack, tip or trick for other moms? Like what helps you and what what do you feel like like makes your life work better? Communication, um, you know, with both them, like using your words and also now that they can talk a little bit more, it's really helpful. And also the people that are in kind of helping me in my support community, like I just, an almost over communication is what I need. And I have found like with my nannies, my au pairs, my parents, my the, now the daycare, like having an open line of communication is just so much more effective for me, but also giving myself grace. I am so hard on myself um, with both being a mom and the mom guilt and also running the company. And I feel like if I'm not overachieving in both of those every single day, I'm somehow not doing like good enough. And I think just like we all are doing good enough and some days that good enough looks different and we just have to accept that and pour a hot cup of coffee and enjoy it so i love it yeah. i mean we yes give yourself grace you're doing great really you are and so are all you moms out there listening but i know what you mean there's this like mean little voice in all of our heads who's like do more do more you're not doing enough and lately i've been trying to just take a breath when i'm feeling really badly about myself and just kind of say like stop stop talking to me that way like i wouldn't talk to anyone else that way so you're doing great first of all thank you you've been such an incredible <laughs> guest this is our goodbye story so we like reading here on mommy mental yeah. and you know what is a book that you read growing up anything before the age of 13 that meant a lot to you and why i just had a rolodex of books go through my head but the one that keeps going back to me is stone soup and that was purely because my grandmother used to read it to me and i think that's the title um but it involved basically getting a rock and it was magical and we would get the ingredients in the book of in the recipe and we'd make the stone soup and i swore on my life that it tasted better because of this magical rock that we put in there and I think that just goes back to the the magic of childhood and imagination and like spending time with you love. Um, that's just like all like that's just so much of what I want. I want more quality time with people that I love and that more of that connection. I just go back and like having that warm bowl of soup with my <laughs> little magical stone and my grandmother is just like that is childhood to me. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. And I definitely, I remember reading that book actually. That's, and it is, it's like those books stick with you because they, they, they help develop your imagination. And mm -hmm. you know, it was such a visual book that you could imagine like what this would be like and to actually do it with your grandmother is such a special thing. That's so mm -hmm. fun. So everyone should go read that if you haven't already. Great, well, thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for coming on and telling us all about Little Bird and safety and talking about serial killers with me, my favorite topic <laughs> of all time. We probably terrified every mom in America on this podcast today, but you know what? She's making it safer, guys. She's making it safer to all of you moms. So thank you so, so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And thanks for helping us solve childcare. Yeah, no, thank you. And on your mission, I'm so excited to continue listening to your podcast and all the good work that you do. Well, Monica, 
we have to get going because we have some monumental work to do. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we do. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Please write us a review if you liked us. Tell us what you think. Follow us on Instagram at monumental.podcast or at Jesse C. Draper and tell us who you want to hear from and how you think we can solve childcare. Also, please give us five stars.